the Canadian Bitcoiners podcast is just two guys and maybe a guest or two discussing Bitcoin, Bitcoin equities, and the related macroeconomic space. It's not meant to be financial advice. So please, if you're doing any investing after listening to our program, do your own research, do your own due diligence, and understand that any money you invest can be lost. The show is meant for entertainment purposes only, and we hope you enjoy the program. Friends and enemies, welcome to yet another edition of the Mighty CBP, all part of the CBP Media Network. And today you're in for a treat because I got Praveen Pereira coming on the show. Praveen is a just a ball of energy. He's dynamite. He's going to hopefully talk about a lot of topics that will hopefully enlighten you and entertain you at the same time. But before I bring him in, there's a couple of things I want to talk about, which are our two sponsors. And so sponsor number one, and it's a sponsor that you've been with us for the longest time, I think. I think they have the record in terms of sponsoring our show. And it's Easy DNS. Marketed team, want to thank them very much for sponsoring our show. So Easy DNS, I can't talk enough enough about them. They've done so much for us in terms of getting our domain set up, our website set up, CanadianBitcoiners.com. Check it out if you haven't already done so. Domain purchases, they got you covered. You could do renewals with them. It's in the name, you know, it's easy DNS because they also have easy DNS hosting, but web hosting, email hosting. So if you don't want to use Google as hosting your email, you could use them and you could have total control over your email and also your web hosting. You're not going to tr- trust some other one, other non-private enterprise. You're going to trust easy DNS because they offer you service with protection in mind, right? Like, for example, there's phishing. Phishing is big these days, right? Easy DNS, what do they do? Well, they offer protection to you through the domain share. This enables them to detect those real-time or near real-time phishing attacks or phishing attempts that people may have in the wild. And they can even provide takedown assistance just to, to put the nail into the coffin for those lookalike domains out there that are targeting your website and taking away some of your business. So you're in good hands when you sign up with Easy DNS. And Not only that, remember, they're one of the oldest and most established providers in this space. A lot of them come and go. They're gone now. Why? Because they don't provide the service that EasyDNS does. Reliable with no downtime. So if you're going to sign up with them, we recommend it. Use our referral code, CBPmedia. If you do, you get 50% off your initial purchase. That's number one sponsor. Number two sponsor. Well, we have Bull Bitcoin. What can I say about bull Bitcoin, except that it's the only place I buy my Bitcoin, Joey, as well. And we buy it for our business as well, the CBP account. So we're we're stacking on the corporate side using bull Bitcoin. But not only could you buy Bitcoin, you could sell your Bitcoin. Uh, You have the option if you do want to sell your Bitcoin, the price of Bitcoin went up today. I think it was around 44K last I heard. So there may be an opportunity out there for people to sell. And bull has you covered if you want to sell it. You can get it on-chain, you can get Lightning. So if fees are high, which they are not right now, you could still use Lightning to buy your, your Bitcoin. You could use your Bitcoin with Bull Bitcoin to pay your bills. So if you have Hydro Bill, you have to pay. If you have anything, well, you could use your Bitcoin with their service to pay your bills. Also, you could then use them to with your Bitcoin to buy gift cards. And with those gift cards, you could spend it in a real world, essentially living on the Bitcoin standard just the way Satoshi wanted you to do so. And the best thing they have, in my opinion, is the KYC free buys. It's the cheapest in the the game, at least in Canada it is. You go to Canada Post, give them your dirty fiat cuck bucks, and they are going to load up your bull Bitcoin account. And with that, you could buy some KYC free Bitcoin. We talk about the merits of buying KYC free Bitcoin. And if you haven't already done so, there's a video I put out on our channel. Check it out. It goes through the steps on how to get KYC free Bitcoin. It's private. It's secure. It's the best way to get Bitcoin in our Opinion. Use our referral code. If you do that, you get 21 bucks added to your account. No questions asked. So with the formalities now out of the way, I think it's now we could, time we could bring the man of the hour to the main stage and uh, push me to the side because I think you guys had enough of hearing of me. Here we are. Praveen, hey. buddy, how What's are you? Good. Doing good. What's up? <laughs> Living the dream. Number one, I want to thank you for coming on. For people who are unaware, I'm going to give some behind the scenes footage or over here because we had a late cancellation and as a result i was left scrambling to try to find somebody to come in the first person that came to mind you could ask joey even you came to mind praveen (laughs) you did and because i always wanted to talk to you on this show not only that we've interacted numerous times over the last few years 
But I'm not sure if you're aware, but you and I, I don't think I've ever had a one-on-one before. <laughs> we haven't had our first, this is our first one-on-one. It is. And we're doing it, doing it live so everybody can see. No, but it, it's just the reality. I've never had a sit down with you and talked about anything. It's always been in a group setting. So this is That's something true. I'm looking forward to. Yeah. So for the people out there who Even don't know who we and I have had a one-on-one but it was a one-on-one tussle, but you know, one-on-one. <laughs> I'm not going to touch that with a 10 foot pole, <laughs> but for the people who don't know who is Praveen Pereira, who the heck are you? Um, I don't know, man. I'm just a Bitcoin pleb. Uh, got into Bitcoin pretty late. Can, uh, originally Canadian. I'm a developer as well. Um, recently moved to Texas cause Canada's cucked and not very free. <laughs> The weather's better over there, and there's also other. Weather, yeah, weather's nicer. Uh, you know, you can you can own guns. You can go to restaurants even when it's COVID. Um, you know, you can do what you want. It's nice, and uh, yeah, and I'm a developer too. So, like, you know, work wise, it's also better here, to be honest. And you're a developer. You are a software developer. Yes, yeah, software developer. That's correct. Now, before I go into that, I, I really want to dive deep into that that topic. But in terms of the migrant situation that's going on in Texas, is that something that's noticeable for you? No, I mean I'm in Austin, so that's um, I'm not even in Austin. I'm still like north of Austin, like an hour north. So, um, and I don't go into like Austin downtown enough to see anything. So around here, it's very nice, quiet. Don't really see anything. Which is how That's I like cool. it. Yeah, you're in the right part of the world, I guess. Enjoy yeah. it while it lasts because things change pretty quick and sometimes for the better and other times for the worse. So enjoy it while it's there. Who knows? You might have to find another jurisdiction to, to, plant, your, to plant your feet there. So, yeah, I mean, if, if I'm moving anywhere, it's going to be even more out to buttfuck nowhere, even <laughs> more out of the city. Just, you know, yeah, I do not want to live in a city or anywhere close to one. Even an hour is a little too close. <laughs> That's fair. Are you planning to go to the Canadian Bitcoin conference next year or this year that's taking place in Montreal? No, not this year. Or, okay. Yeah, not this year. Because, yeah, you did attend the one in Toronto last year and uh, we had a, I chatted with you then, but it was in a group setting, as I mentioned. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I went to that and then I got stuck there for four months for immigration issues. <laughs> so now I'm afraid to come back to Canada. <laughs> I didn't want to touch that one, but yeah, don't trust but verify when it comes to anything, especially when you're talking to immigration or even lawyers, make sure that you get the right information and yeah. verifying because as you say, you could get stuck and, oh man, um, you're a software developer. And from what I understand, you're heavily into Rust. Is that correct? Um, yeah. So recently I've been doing a lot more Rust uh, development work and yeah, it's a good language. Yeah. So, I mean, tell me about it because I'm more familiar with C and lesser C++. And, but Rust, I, I have never touched, but I do understand that even like with the Linux kernel, for instance, they are trying to migrate some of the code towards Rust and trying to move away from traditional C and C++. So I, I know that Rust is becoming more prevalent. So I want to hear your thoughts on, on how Rust is and how easy it is to use. And is it a low-level language? Yeah, so um, it's low-level language, uh, mostly, I guess, a replacement for C um, and kind of pertinent to what we're talking to talk about. But I don't know if you know, um, Microsoft released this study saying basically um 70 percent of all bugs are memory related bugs so if you're familiar with c you know you have to init the memory de-init the memory and if you do it at the wrong time you get problems right so rust one of its main it start one of its main features that started out as is basically um eliminating those kind of memory bugs so uh what it's it's called a borrow checker um with it, if if you do safe Rust, basically you'll you eliminate an entire class of bugs in your programs. Um, and other than that, it's just like a really nice language to use. It's a low level language, but I tend to use it for everything now, just because that's how good it is. Um, anywhere from web, web stuff, CLIs, um, I can I, li- I like to use it for everything. And um, it's been picking up more and more in like the Bitcoin ecosystem as well. Bitcoin, Noster, uh, a lot of people are using it. Does there a garbage collection? Is that part of, of the whole uh, using of Rust, or is that not? No, even no. So, so that's the innovation, I guess. It's um, safe memory without a gar- without garbage collection. Okay, that makes it a lot easier to develop for it, and without having the memory leaks and 
Yeah. Fuck, that, that's a real problem with CU. If you're not clean, if you're not tidy with your code, you could have a real problem with memory leaks. And yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it doesn't get rid of memory leaks. What it does get rid of is memory bugs, where basically you reference an object, we're getting into it, but like that, you're already freed. Uh, and that leads to exploits, basically. So, um, yeah, it gets rid of that class of exploits. Um, yeah, and basically, it couldn't be a low-level language if it had a garbage collector. So, it's mm. I guess that's the innovation. Like, um, don't have to completely manually manage memory, but also uh, there's no garbage collector. Have you been building anything for Bitcoin? Like any projects, anything along those lines? Using your skills as a software developer? Uh, not yet. I haven't. I've. Uh, I've always wanted to like work in Bitcoin, like do something in Bitcoin. But my struggle is like, I don't want to just do something in Bitcoin to do it. I want to do something if I feel like I can really add some value. And I don't think I uh, have gotten there yet. And also, to be honest, it's a money, right? Like, it's just much easier to make money not in Bitcoin. Um, even if I wanted to go work in Bitcoin right now, I probably have to uh, take less um take less of a salary and all that kind of stuff. So unless I'm really, really sure about something I want to work, I'm going to just stack stats for now. <laughs> That's the way to do it, brother. That's the way to do it. So I want to just move on and talk about something that may be a little controversial. And I, I apologize to everybody out there that are pro this camp and inscriptions. And I, I see in the chat, we have D is, is over there and he's a, um, He's been on this show and he's talked about it a few times and we've given him a little bit of flack for his uh, association with that camp in the past. I think he's sort of moving away from it. So let's not give him too much. Flack. But <laughs> I don't know if he's moving away. He's he's the number one cheerleader on Twitter. Whenever it comes up, he's well, right there defending it. I, I, I'm not going to say that. I'm, I'll leave that. To, a, yeah, I don't want to talk about D too much just because he can't defend himself right now. That's but, exactly yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I try to, to pump him up as much as I can. But yeah. inscriptions, in your eyes, yeah, you think this is something that's an abuse of syntax, a bug, a feature? Like, what do you view this as? Yeah. I mean, uh, before we talk about that, I just want to let you know I do have a favorite inscription. I think it's 900 and. <laughs> 56 or something like that great great one love it <laughs> big fan i think I'm, I'm thinking of paying about 50 bitcoin for this soon that's a steal yeah. <laughs> for people on the audio side it's a, a picture of d with um a penis in front of his face <laughs> and uh yeah well 50 bitcoin if everybody, anybody wants to buy it from praveen he looks like he's uh, selling it he'll send it over to you and maybe he'll even sign it and uh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, in terms of, of the inscription, I, I, yeah. I'd love to know like how you view it. Because I, those are the, the way of, I've heard it. I heard it yeah. like a bug feature. And also the one that I think I'm in the camp of, it's an abusive syntax. I think that's um, where I stand. But abusive I want to hear your thoughts. I mean, abusive syntax, it's, not, it's kind of like, um, it's, it's, it's a weird uh, distinction to me because abusive syntax kind of, wouldn't that just mean bug or ex exploit? You know what I mean? Um. Yeah, so I think one of the things I hate about the damn shitscription people is like they have they do not argue in good faith. They they have and they have the worst argument. So I I think it's undeniable by definition that is it is a bug or an exploit because um because nobody knew that like that you were going to be able to like this was going to be a thing, right? These large inscriptions with no with no financial transactions actually going um, and i'm specifically talking about jpegs and inscriptions right now um and like even the way they do it is is like you're basically tricking bitcoin into accepting your arbitrary data um I, I, I sh you saw the video i sent right i mean we can go into it but like um yeah like inscriptions are basically uh bitcoin script a Bitcoin script that does doesn't do anything. Its whole point is to not evaluate to anything, and the whole point it's there is to just dump all this arbitrary data on the chain. So I don't, I haven't heard a good argument for why it's not a bug. The only argument they have is it's already in Bitcoin, so it's not a bug, right? That's not a that's not a good argument. Like software development, we make bugs all the time, and some sometimes the bugs make it into production, and then we fix it. Obviously, it's different with a blockchain because you know you can't just roll back a change, but it doesn't change the nature of what it is. It's still a bug. It's, it's still an exploit. That's fair. Now, if it is indeed a bug, then the way I'm looking at it is, unless you have consensus with miners 
and node runners out there to filter out these types of transactions through the network, it's still going to propagate and it, it's still going to be a thing that is going to have to be dealt with moving forward. So I'm trying to get at is what's the way forward to fix this? It Would it be a hard fork or is it something else? Honestly, like this is probably where I do agree with the inscriptions. Like people, if I like gun to head, if, if you ask me, like, can we do anything about this? Like for sure. Um, I don't, I don't, maybe, probably not. Maybe like maybe if we do the filters and everybody filters it out, maybe it'll slow it down enough to get rid of it. But that's, that's the argument that the shitscription people want you to make. Oh, like we can't get rid of it hundred percent. So what's the point in trying? That's not a good argument, right? Like we should fix the filters if that's the right thing to do. If the filters are broken, if they're not catching things that should, um, like we already have the data carrier size. Basically, this what what inscriptions does is um, it's a back back way around the data carrier size. Like it's not calculated in it. So Luke uh, Dash Junior's like fix makes sense to me. Like I don't I don't I don't know why we have to evaluate if this fix is is going to stop inscriptions uh, permanently. I I think that the two questions you ask is is this um going to create more bugs or and is this is this is this fixing something that should have been fixed in the first place? Like, is this fixing a bug? And I think the answer to that is yes, it's fixing something. So let's, let's fix it. What's what I don't, I don't see the harm. The The best argument they have is, Oh, uh, you, you can, you can uh, plug this hole, but there'll be many other holes. Okay. Like that's true for anything. There's always going to be exploits in windows. That doesn't, that doesn't stop them from fixing the current ones. Like, what are you supposed to say? Throw up your hands. Oh, there'll always be bugs. Let's not fix this one. Yeah. So, it, yeah, you hear that it's going to be like a whack a mole thing. So, yeah. by doing that, by just by giving into that argument, then there's going to essentially be no fixes to any sort of software. You're just leaving it as it is. But software always develops and there's always development on it. And there's always a new version. And Bitcoin is no exception to that. Yeah. Now, so the question I have then for you, if for people that choose to filter, is it if it's either node runners choosing to have this eliminated from their mempool or miners themselves just not mining blocks that have this mm-hmm. type of bug in it, as you call it. Is that something that you would consider to be censorship? No. So, um, going backwards a little bit, um, I think I think it's great that individual node runners can add their own filters and stuff, but I think it should be fixed in Bitcoin Core. Like... It, it's a bug that should be addressed, right? They're like, there's a PR, just merge it. Um, no, that's another argument I hate that the shitscription people make. Oh, I, I thought you were a Bitcoin maxi, all about freedom, but you want to censor. We're not censoring anything. Bitcoin is a protocol of rules, rules without rulers. Um, there's no financial trans. I'm not. I'm not picking and choosing. Oh, I like this financial transaction. I'm gonna censor it. Like or I don't like this. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not arbitrarily censoring anything. I'm fixing a filter. I'm updating a filter. Filters are already there, right? Nobody's calling those filters um, censorship. And and like and the big thing is even with BRC twenties inscriptions, like Bitcoin is not really being exchanged. Like how what, how much Bitcoin is being sent? Like five hundred, like ten thousand stats maybe, and that's. The only reason they do that is they have to do it to get around the system, right? Like it's not. I I, I hate that argument. That is censorship. <laughs> I really hate it. BRC twenty tokens, in my eyes, I think they are the bigger problem we have to deal with. I I mean, I could be wrong, but it seems like that they are providing more spam to the network. And I'm calling it spam because I'm looking yeah. at it, and it's not a, you know a, a typical transaction that I would see typically without a bitcoiner would do this is just instituting a shitcoin using bitcoin as the medium of exchange and yeah and it's just creating a whole bunch of problems with the, the member so, sorry the transaction fees going up so brc20 tokens if there's in my eyes if there's something that, that could be done to get rid of that uh, i would love to love to do that so is it an all-in-one is it could you deal with one like inscriptions and not brc brc20 tokens or deal with brc20 tokens and non-inscriptions or do you have to deal with them both at the same time is it something it's an all or nothing type situation um i think again i'm not like i could be wrong but from what i know um like the data carrier size would not stop brc20s unfortunately right um because the big it basically just stops big jpegs um i don't know 
how to stop BRC20s. That to me, that seems less uh, straightforward than stopping like JPEGs. Um, I'm sure someone has an idea somewhere, but um, yeah, I'm again, that, that's another argument they use. Oh, like BRC20s are the bigger problem. Like, I, I, I don't care. I don't care. You know, <laughs> fix, fix the problem and then we'll see if like BRC20s are also like a problem we can fix. Like, it's a lot of defeatists. Like if if we don't have the perfect solution, we can't improve it. Uh, kind of arguments. Okay, I'm gonna get a little philosophical here. So hear me mm-hmm. out, and I'm gonna try to defend this as much as possible. Even though it's hard for me to do, but I'm gonna do it my level best. Yeah. If you look at Bitcoin, Bitcoin is really there's two things to it. You have the network itself, and you have the tokens, and mm-hmm. they go hand in hand. The tokens are given to miners as a reward to secure the network but the network itself gets more secure as more miners come on and so it just becomes this positive feedback loop that then the, va- the value of the token goes up and then the network gets more secure and so forth so but the network itself if you want to just look at that there is value with the network because it is being secured with energy with proof of work and using inscriptions obviously we not, may not agree with putting cat pictures and so forth but maybe there is something out there with using inscriptions that could provide value with using bitcoin as a network to put in that data into it and by doing so it would then be secured uh, by the network but also by the token itself that has the value which the miners are trying to chase the, the value of that as well so can you see a world in which there is a use to use this opportune bug to use the network itself to store data and make it so that there's some value behind it. I'm curious your thoughts on that. Um, first of all, I'm, I'm going to fix you on the op return bug thing just because subscription people are super annoying. So if we don't address it, they're like, oh, look, they don't even know what they're talking about. Blah. Right? It's not in the op return. It, it doesn't actually use the op return for inscriptions. Um, but I will also disagree with you on the token network thing. Um, I don't know if I would separate the two because it's a monetary network and the network is there to validate and transact the token, right? I don't know if we could separate them. And even like the proof of work, it's there to secure the ledger, not the network, right? So I'm not sure I quite understand. See, I'm looking at the network as it's almost its own entity, but it's tied to directly with mm-hmm. the coins and the the coins are the, what's being issued as a reward for securing said network and so by doing so by by mm-hmm. having that they are still separate but yet they're they are connected through the whole mechanism of the proof yeah. of work and the demand to mine it and to build the next block so i mean in my eyes they're they are separate maybe mm-hmm. i'm wrong in my thinking and and you know it sounds like you're thinking that i am wrong but that's the way I look at it, that there is a value in each of the two. And I, I think we have yet to discover what is the value of the network. I think this is something that is still we have to figure out is mm-hmm. there is value there. We just haven't figured out the case use of it. And when you figure out the case, what is the value of that? And once that unlocks the value, then the value of Bitcoin as a whole would be tremendously large because it's not just you're looking at the tokens itself. We're now looking at, at the network too, but the, this is just my thoughts. I, mean, yeah. I don't, I don't know. If I, I definitely, right. I definitely disagree because the value of Bitcoin is Bitcoin as money, right? We, it doesn't need to be anything else. It doesn't need to be uh, use the network for like its entirety. Uh, the proof of work secures the, the blockchain, the, which is the distributed ledger, right? The network, if you're including miners and node, they're, they're all just validating it. Right. Or, you know, miners are making blocks and the nodes are validating. So I don't think I don't want to say that there's value in the network. <laughs> um, I, I think Bitcoin is money and I think it's great money and it should remain that way. And I don't think it needs to be anything else. That's the main thing. Why does it need to do JPEGs and stuff like this is a huge problem we're trying to solve. Like if we solve this problem, like. We're gonna unlock so much human uh, capacity. Like we don't need to. We don't need a network. We don't need to distribute it. What are we gonna do with it? You know, we don't need it. Like the money thing is much more important. Let's focus on that. Let's have perfect money first. Um, like we don't need like um, Noster. Noster is a network. You know, that's a distributed network. That value for that is there. Uh, so yeah, I I disagree. <laughs> 
Okay, that's fair. Since you brought it up, let's talk about Noster because Noster is, for people that haven't yet used it, is a network that they have uh, the ability where you can communicate a la Twitter or X these days. That's the new name of it. So you could use it, and it is a totally decentralized network in in such that you are not relying on a server to provide you with the algorithm to feed you. So it's, it's just whatever you, whoever you follow, that's what's going to be fed to your timeline. And it's generally, if you use it, it's clean of any spam. It's just, oh, no, sorry, there's, there's spam there. It's clean of any noise. Uh, the people that, you know, that you follow is generally what you hear. And if they're all providing you signal, well, they're just going to be all signal, very little noise. So uh, maybe I, sorry, I may have said it the wrong. It's going to be high signal, low noise on Noster. But anyways, I used it quite a bit. I've since stopped using it a little bit lately because of time constraints. You're a big fan of it, right? You use it. You you uh, you communicate it. I want to hear your thoughts about it and what you think is going to be happening moving forward with it because there seems to be a lot of potential here that could yeah. be that could be unlocked with Noster. Um, I like to think of myself as a Noster realist. You know, I, the, <laughs> the tech I think is cool. I think Noster is cool, and I think it has a lot of potential. But I don't want to lie and say like I use Noster more than Twitter. You know, I definitely use Twitter more. Um, but maybe that's because the algorithm pulled me in. Um, Noster is mostly Bitcoiners right now, but like it's uh, I don't like the people like that shit on Noster for where it is right now. That's like. Uh, those people that like when the internet came like oh what are you gonna do with this right um nasa has a lot of potential um and a lot of people building on it a lot of lot of building going on and um yeah i think it has a lot of potential um i don't know about the signal to noise I, i think the nice thing about it is it's very like choose your own adventure right you um when there's different algorithms you'll be able to choose um what you want and right now we're only doing um basically Twitter cones mostly, right? But there's a lot of other stuff um, that's coming up that, that are being worked on. And the nice thing about Nostra is that you can build apps that you couldn't build with like Web2 technology, like, right? Um, mostly because um, a lot of people think Nostra is just Twitter, but because it's so simple, it can be used for different apps. And then, or, and then all these different apps can pull from each other. Right. So I don't know if you've heard of Highlighter, but basically it lets you um, it, it lets you highlight the web. Right. So you see an article, you uh, you make highlights and the app will show you um, the important stuff from that highlight. So what people can do is you can subscribe to someone else's highlight feed, for example, if that's what you wanted. Right. Or you can use that in a in another Nostra app that does something completely different. So, um, yeah, so I don't think I'm not I haven't replaced Nostra uh, Twitter with Nasser, but I think there's a lot of potential there, and uh, I wouldn't dismiss it. I think it's too early for anybody to totally get rid of Twitter slash X and use Nasser. Nasser is, in com- by comparison, it's an infant, and there's still lots of growing that has to be done to make it. If you're just using it as a tool for communicating, like what you do on Twitter slash X, so Nasser itself, it's uh, it's hard to compare it. I mean, you can see there are comparables, but. It's just you're looking at you know a minor leaguer versus an all star. It's just yeah. two different things. That's the reality of it. But the potential is there, and I think we both agree to it. Yeah. And Jack Dorsey is very, he's building up on it, or even putting his money where his mouth is. I'm not sure if you're aware, but he's funding some projects with respect to Noster. Like he's very fond yeah. of Noster, and I, I find it to be rather interesting given the comparable between Noster and Twitter and. His relationship to Twitter now no longer, but at one time, you know, he was the CEO and he was one of the founders of Twitter, from what I understand. So the fact that he's an, on Noster and he's a big proponent of it and trying to fund projects to make it better, I find that to be rather bullish. I mean, are you aware of anything that he's funding that specific? Just to make um, it better? I'm not sure. I'm I think I'm not sure about this. Don't quote me, but I think his money is going through the Open Sats Foundation. And they have Yeah, like, I think you're right. Um, so you know whatever they've funded recently i guess you could say jack funded um yeah it is interesting <laughs> i th- and the other interesting thing is he also has like a distributed social networking thing um blue sky which like that's the you know the really really blue haired people left twitter for mastodon and like the slightly faded blue haired people <laughs> went to blue sky. <laughs> I've heard of this. I don't know. I didn't even know what it was to be honest. Mostly, I, mostly like the tech people. And, and he, he also has like web five, which is like 
indirectly competing with uh Nostra. So I think it's interesting he's uh funding all that. Um which makes me think he, he maybe he really is a good guy, he just wants to uh he just wants the best product to win. Yeah, agreed. And that's actually best for humanity in the end. Yeah, because he's trying to push for something. So yeah, I, I totally agree. CTV. Mm-hmm. Check template verify covenants. Right. This is something which I think it's making a lot of headway these days. We see a lot of the Ruben pictures out there that are just associated with all this. And I want to hear your thoughts because for people who aren't aware, I'll give you like the, the best. Sorry, I'll give you a very basic understanding and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong. It, it opens up a lot of potential that these the CTV does. And one of it would be, for example, where you could essentially have only your Bitcoin sent to a particular address that you choose. So no other, it has to only go to that one. And that's just one example. And for for the reason of that would be if ever your keys are lost, it would then, if they move the Bitcoin, it would then only go to the address that you choose. So by doing so, Bitcoin would be better protected. That's the idea. But so that's one of the things behind it. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on CTV because this is like, as I mentioned, it's taking, a, it's making a lot of noise on Twitter these days. Yeah. Um, so technically I really like CTV. I think uh, really good. I like good. It brings really good things. Uh, not just the volts, but scaling and all that. Um, I forget what podcast, but an analogy I heard was basically um, when br- bank robberies happened, um, started happening they they would control the size of the vault door because that would determine how much gold could leave so uh ctv kind of gives you a version of that as well because you you can decide how much uh bitcoin can leave per block or per transaction and stuff like that um and and the other thing about volts yeah is uh what you're describing you could have like a you can only you know you can have all these complex spending conditions like you can uh spend x amount in the next 10 blocks but if you want to spend more than that you have to wait 100 blocks and it can only go to address a b c or d um there's other stuff that i haven't looked into uh quite as much but like the utxo sharing and how we can make light lightning better and lightning pools and all that kind of stuff um but here's my problem bitcoin isn't just uh technical it's it's social it's it's a social network right um and I've I liked CTV until I saw all the all the inscription people promoting it. But not just that. I think um, the inscription saga should have taught Bitcoiners a lesson, because I, including me, because like I remember when we were all so excited about Taproot, and yes, this is possible without Taproot, blah blah blah. And and CTV is not as a big change, but it was still an unforeseen uh, consequence, right? Having a four four meg uh wizard on an entire block was not possible with a uh, taproot and nobody nobody knew that would happen right it was an unknown unknown and then it it reared its ugly head and now everyone's so confident with because ctv is a small change that that they've thought of everything there's nothing there's no unknown unknowns we it's it's an arrogant way of thinking i i don't i don't like it right um so i i like ctv technically i i think we'll get it someday eventually but um, I am definitely okay with delaying it until it's absolutely necessary, until it becomes so painful that everyone's begging for it. Um, I think that's my stance on CTV and upgrades in, in, in general, because like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's, that's how I feel about it. It's especially because seeing how nobody wants to fix the filters, it, it lets me know that like, you know, once something is in the Bitcoin, now it's a valid transaction. <laughs> All of a sudden, that's the inscription people's biggest argument. Oh, it's a valid transaction. So, like, if you uh, introduce something to Bitcoin, there's no going back, right? You're not gonna fix it. So let's delay it. Uh, and maybe I'm petty, and I and I don't and I don't want the inscription people to have what they want, even if it's. <laughs> I'm not sure. I haven't decided that part yet. <laughs> so Casey Rodimer, he's the guy behind the inscriptions, and I I can't believe I keep bringing this topic back up, but he is on record to say that you would still have inscri- inscriptions even without Taproot. It was still uh, possible, and he said, I believe he even said without Segwit as well. So. The fact that we have SegWit and Taproot, it doesn't mean that inscriptions are as a result of it. It's just we now have it, I think, cheaper, especially Taproot. It's now subsidized yeah. by it. So, uh, so maybe so, that could have been a, Sorry? 
Yeah, I mean, he's a developer, so he's going to say stuff that is technically true. Yeah, it's technically true that, you know, fine, you can call op return an inscription. So that's technically true, but it took off because of the four mega, the, all the actual JPEGs. Like, that's what started all this, right? Um, mm. so, so, yeah, is it technically possible? Yeah, but if it wasn't for Taproot, would it have happened? I don't know. Maybe, yeah. but maybe not. Because like you, you need excitement. You need network effects for this shit to take off, right? Um, and would that have happened if with these little inscriptions here and there, or did it happen because it it looked like NFTs and the four meg uh, wizard created a lot of buzz? Who's to say, right? They may they talk in absolutes, like oh, it's possible, it's technically possible. I don't care if it's technically possible. Would it have happened? You, there's no way for you to know for sure. Yeah, and I, I'm with you on that. And so going back to the CTV and the covenants discussion, I, I also agree with you in the fact that I'm afraid to hear and see what is going to be discovered moving forward. If it ever is made live, the unintended consequences, or even there may be something that's already known and yeah. somebody is already, and they're just obviously keeping that under wraps until the time it's, it's then live and they, they could take advantage yeah. of it. Already and then, zero days. And then what? How you're right, and it's not like you could then have all node runners and miners just try to filter that garbage out. Yeah, that's a that lesson means. we've learned because of the inscriptions. Because as the inscription people love to say, like D always says, "Oh, go try it. Why don't you try it?" You know, <laughs> like okay, thanks for teaching me a lesson that we can't fix it if we do fuck it up. So let's be careful. D, <laughs> I love it. So there is like there is a heck of a lot at stake here, and if we do fuck things up with respect to Bitcoin. We we potentially might miss an opportunity to modernize the monetary system. It's got to be done right. So I guess ossification—that's the camp that you're sitting in. Um, I wouldn't say ossification outright, just because I I do think we'll need scaling in the future. Um, I will define myself as ossification for now, or ossification until we can't ossify anymore, or <laughs> ossification until it becomes really, really fucking painful. So then what is the path forward with something like CTV? To keep it on the sidelines and to keep it, say, in testnet or anything else, how, like at what point then do you say, okay, it's ready to go? Uh, like I want to hear, how do you, how do we test this thing out thoroughly? Yeah. In, oh, in not a, like a wild system, but essentially like in a controlled environment and then say, yeah, we've done enough testing yeah. to figure it out. Uh. Yeah, actually, before I get to that, um, like another thing I saw about CTV that not a lot of people were talking about, but I saw like a post or two was like someone being really happy that CTV is going to make DLCs easier. Um, you, are you familiar with DLCs? Vaguely. I don't, and I understand you and D were talking about this in our chat. So maybe yeah. you could uh, enlighten me about this because so, um, I know that you're, you're very much dead set against it. Um, yeah, I mean, my small understanding of it is dlc is basically gambling on the blockchain while using or gambling on bitcoin while using external um external oracles to bet on stuff that'll happen or did happen but blah 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 uh, or actually no stuff that will happen not did happen uh and again i like bitcoin for money i don't think we need that shit so if ctv is going to make dlcs easier better yeah, I think I might be against it because better means what? More people are going to be using it. It's going to be more shit coining on Bitcoin, you know? So, and then, and the thing that gets me is I only saw one, like from searching like one post or a couple people talking about it. And then all the people that are pumping up uh, CTV, I haven't heard anybody talk about it, like on podcasts and stuff or uh, saying, you know, this is not possible. So I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but seems weird. Um, sorry, what was your actual question? <laughs> That was about DLCs and and so because no they, no before that before I went into my rant about DLCs oh and I can't even remember <laughs> because, <laughs> I, I I was I have a question though and I I specifically where you are in your location you're in the United States yeah and I, we didn't even talk about this at all you and I never so th this is coming out of left field for for you here this past week we had Biden. And yeah. his team, the the Energy Information Administration, that's part of the Department of Energy. And they're going out there. They're asking for a voluntary survey to be done for it's an emergency collection of data requests. And with respect to Bitcoin mining operations, because of the amount of energy they use. Now, 
I'm talking about this because I want to talk a little about the decentralization network that we have with Bitcoin, where essentially anybody could run a node or anybody could run a miner. Now, what they're doing, what they're trying to do here, I suppose, is try to gather as much information as possible with respect to all the the mining setups, all the mining operations they have over there. I want to hear your thoughts about this because this could potentially have a major impact about what's going to happen where where the mining is going to be taking place in the world. And right now it's predominantly in the United States. Um, yeah, I don't know if I have a lot to add to this just because I'm not very, I, this is the first I'm hearing about it. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. this, is, this is quite large. And you, you being in a great state of Texas, there's a lot of miners over there. And this could potentially yeah. impact them over there because they're going to be collecting information. And once they have this information, could it be maybe a, a Bitcoin mining version of 6102? I, I don't know. Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe I'm selfish. Like I, I don't, I don't care. Like I don't care where the mining is happening. You know what I mean? Um, it's good for Texas that it's happening here right now. But you know, if Biden goes down this route and he wants to screw over, screw over all the miners in Texas, uh, that sucks for them. But I'm not too worried about it. Like you know, Bitcoin's survived it before with China. It'll survive it again. Um, but. It, it would quite make me question if I was a miner. It would make me question, um, you know, setting up shop here. Makes you also wonder why Ocean uh, is a U.S. company. You know, like why didn't they? I guess it's because like it's the easiest place to get investment. But like, it seems like with everything in the, you know, with everything, what's the phrase? It's written on the wall, right? Um, like you would think that they might have considered other jurisdictions. Yeah, I know. I didn't realize that they were set. They had set up shop in the states because, as a mining pool, they could basically do it anywhere, like the Cayman Islands or something. There's yeah, obviously there's advantages to do so, but they must have done it in the United States for, I guess, investment. some reasons. Maybe it's investment. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. What are your thoughts on ocean mining? Because they're they've ruffled a lot of feathers and they created a lot of waves, and no pun intended. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I mean, as you can probably imagine, I'm a big fan. I like it. <laughs> Um, but I mean, even if you didn't like, uh, or did like it, like ocean, um, it's good. You're getting some variety, like, um, you know, more, more mining pools, the better. And then, um, I like to see different opinions and then let the market decide where they want to go. Um, and then like miners being able to do their own block templates, that'll be a big, big thing for decentralization. Mm -hmm. And the fact that, I mean, they're not able to do it just yet. Right now, they're still relying on the pool to do everything for them. So in terms of, of where they could point their hash rate, their hash power, they could do wherever they want. And you're right. If they want to point it to, to Ocean, they can. If they want to point it to Ant Pool or F2 Pool, whatever they want, they have the ability to do so. So uh, I, I like what Ocean's doing. They're setting it up and they're attracting a lot of hash rate. Now, I'm curious to see what happens because right now, from what I understand, they're offering some sort of incentive, financial incentive to point yeah, half miners to them. Zero percent fees, right? Yeah. So once those fees are gone, yeah, I'm curious to see if the hash rate is going to plummet. The hash rate with respect to ocean mining is going to plummet because then there's less financial incentive to use them. Because yeah. ultimately, let's be honest, miners, they're businesses. They're trying to maximize their profits, and if they could squeak a little bit more by using ocean mining than the competitor, they'll point it there. But then once that's gone, they'll go to the next one because they don't give a fuck. Yeah, for the most part, I think that's. So I'm curious to see what's going to happen yeah. once. The, the, I mean, maybe you can. Maybe you can. Um, maybe you, I'm just reading the chat as well. Uh, Mark <laughs> bored apparently. Mark's chirping <laughs> us. Yeah, I'm bored. Um, well, yeah. So maybe you can make an argument for like, maybe if the miners are really low time preference and they think this, like you know, mining with this pool is. Uh, going to be better for Bitcoin in the future, maybe they'll. But I think that's a pretty thin argument. But you know, I mean, you're probably right. Like they they gotta um, they gotta pay the bills. Yeah, tunnels. They want tunnels. No tunnels talk here. We're gonna get kicked out of YouTube so fucking fast. <laughs> so let's talk about scaling. I and I think this is something we we might not totally agree on because mm, that's good. We're agreeing this, too much. Well, we are. Uh, <laughs> I suspected that was going to be the case, but this is a topic I think that we are going to dig in our heels and there's going to be a little bit of a battle because mm. with, with respect to scaling, there is an issue right now with Bitcoin. It, obviously, the on-chain, 
the layer one is not going to be sufficient enough to onboard billions of people. If that's if it ever happens, then the transaction fees will be through the roof, and you'll never be able to get a single transaction processed. So there's there's other options out there that are currently being talked about, like Fedimints, for instance. And I'm not a big fan of it. It's, it's a trust model that I don't like. But there are a couple of them that are in existence and are being used. One namely being Lightning, and I'm a fan of that. Another one being Liquid, and I've talked about that at, at great length. So I want to hear your thoughts about these scaling solutions because I, I think I know where you stand, but I want to just make sure everybody's aware where you stand so we could uh, maybe butt heads on this one. Um, yeah, I don't know if we disagree too much, to be honest, actually. Um, scaling, yeah. I don't know. Scaling, definitely a problem right now. Lightning, great on paper. Um, it's just not great to use non-custodially. Um, I don't I don't know the answer. Like I, that's the thing. I think like upgrades like CTV and any prev out and stuff like that will make um will make lightning easier to use and just nicer to use. Um but Liquid, yeah, I know you don't like Liquid, but I think Liquid is a good solution, at least for now. But um, obviously, it's not going to scale forever, and it's not the best trust model. Fediments, again, um, I think it, it, there could be a world where it makes sense. You know, if um, if you're like a small city, you're like a small town, you uh, the people running the Fedi you trust, and if they steal from you, you can go punch them in the face. Um, <laughs> that, that kind of model could work. Five dollar wrench attack them, get your Bitcoin back. <laughs> Fuck, yeah, because um, yeah, like you know, maybe, yeah, like technical ways of uh, trust is not the only way, right? If you if if it is a, like a local group, you have more incentives, like physical incentives, not to fuck these people over. Um, of course, you can leave and all that, but. Um, yeah, I don't know if I don't know if like lightning is great. <laughs> it's limited, it, and I, I've it, I've mentioned yeah. this in the chat before. The limitations. There's just like and like people will say, oh, like use Phoenix, but like there's like let's be a lightning realist. There's not a good non-custodial uh, lightning solution, and that's just because of the way it is right now. Like you know, having to buy um, liquidity and all that. Um, I saw. I think Arc is possible um with ctv that definitely sounds interesting um yeah but i think i i mean for for again like the don't let perfect be the enemy of good and um liquid is uh good good enough for now so i i think that makes sense as a temporary scaling solution for, even if it's just for stacking when you're the fees are really high so you kind of use it as like an intermediate pool buy into there and then switch into Bitcoin. I don't see too much of a problem with that. Even, and then like, even with custodial lightning, I don't see a problem with like, you know, putting $200 in a custodial lightning wallet and, um, and using that to spend. That's definitely much you're prefer preferable in a lot of ways than to use uh, self custodial lightning. Cause like, you're just not going to do that. And it's just a pain in the ass. Like it's not easy. Like it's 200 bucks. Like you might have hundred, 200 bucks in your wallet right now. And you might, it might fall out of your pocket when you're, you know, when you're out and about. So this, this different levels, different uh, trust models. And that's probably also how it's going to scale, right? Like uh, Bitcoin, obviously completely trustless. I hope that there's a, a day where there's like a zero trust, trustless, like um, layer two, uh, that would be, the, I, that would be the Holy grail. And I hope we do get to that. And uh wouldn't then lightning be that because it is if you do custody yourself it's trustless you're, you're yeah. the only that's total now i should have said was... trustless and um easy to use well like, sure. actually i no I, I i think i texted like my criteria for it um it's trustless but it's also a hot wallet right so i like my ideal layer two which i don't even know if it's would ever be possible but like but, um something i can have a cold wallet uh and trustless um would be you know the holy grail because because they it's lightning is trustless but it's not risk free you're a software developer i think you should probably <laughs> figure this out i'm kidding it's 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 it would be you're right it would be the holy grail now i want to tackle these all one at a time and let's start with lightning mm -hmm. so lightning 
the user experience fucking sucks. It's terrible. There's no doubt about it. That even being a user or managing your own Lightning channels fucking sucks. And in terms of the scalability of Lightning, there is limitation. It cannot scale right now and reach billions of people. If you look at the Lightning white paper and it's the last page or second last page, you could see the person that wrote the white paper, and obviously he's a Lightning maximalist, he even acknowledges that given the current constraints, it's not going to work. The current uh, constraints in terms of four megabyte blocks with Bitcoin, you're not going to be able to achieve this because if people are going to create a channel, one channel, I think one channel a year, he said, you would need yeah. 133 megabyte blocks in order to achieve what you want with Lightning. So obviously we, we don't have blocks that big in Bitcoin. So it, Lightning cannot scale. So th there are options out there, channel factories being one of them. And still th there's a lot of work to be done on this. And the proof is, you know, it's, it's in the pudding, but we still have to essentially prove this is to be a working model, but that seems to be it right now. Lightning, good on paper, but still a lot of work to be done and it can't yeah. scale. And yeah, and also I uh, just want to say one thing about the Phoenix when you're getting that, um, rent when you're getting liquidity, you're renting liquidity. From what I understand, it's only for a year. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And then they'll close the channel after. Uh, BitKit, uh, I forget what their uh, LSP is, uh, was but I think it works the same way. You're always like renting liquidity and like, yeah. And then I don't even know if the economics for that uh, works out today because when you're, you know, when they rent you liquidity, um, yeah, that, I mean, that that's money you could have put in it, use somewhere else. Right. So, um, yeah. And like, you're not actually paying that much to rent it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and there is also the added cost. It, you, obviously you're going to have to run a, full node and then on yeah. top of that a lightning node if so if you don't have that equipment you're gonna have to purchase it manage it and make it so there's there's no downtime so there is time and effort and money you have to invest to make it worth your yeah. while but and that's the risk lightning of, uh, the risk of losing it because it's on a hot wallet <laughs> yeah yeah that's true it, it it's always a possibility so that's lightning uh, obviously I, i've talked fondly of it but I, I don't want to gloss over that there are some glaring problems that need to be resolved yeah. lightning is not it right now it may be it but right now it ain't it liquid let's talk about that and i've mentioned my my displeasure of it and it's really just a trust model and that's the the big thing because i'm i'm a big fan over the years i didn't give a fuck about trust but after i've watched event after event after event take place be it domestically here in canada or even internationally i don't want to say too much about that I am of the I'm a big fan of having control of your destiny and using liquid. They might have a perfect record right now. I don't know what's going to happen moving forward. It's essentially a trust model. You're giving up your Bitcoin. They're giving you an IOU for that Bitcoin later on. And is you know if this was in any other name, you know, and if somebody else was behind it, like if say Vitalik was running the project, would we trust it as much? I don't know. It's it's something that I, I always wondered. And you may call me a statist here, but the reality is my face is here. I have to, and it's always, it's out and about. So I have to tell people, if you do exchange Bitcoin for anything in Canada, at least that is a taxable event. I'm not sure if it's like that in other parts of the world, but over here, once you transfer Bitcoin to something else, that is a taxable event. And then once you transfer back to Bitcoin, it's also a taxable event. So it's got to be noted. It's got to be documented. It's got to be provided when you do your taxes. What it's happens if you buy and then transfer that to bitcoin it's still it's you have to report this but like what does You're it count as a sold, selling and buying at that new rate yes hmm. so you, whatever you bought it at and then you sold it for li liquid you have to calculate that and there's going to be the capital gains tax that you're going to be paying i think on 50 percent of that so it becomes an administrative headache now if you're using kyc bitcoin Good fucking luck, because that, that information theoretically is available for CRA or whatever tax you know tax man out there to find that information and fuck you over if you didn't report that. So again, this might be the yeah. status to me, but this is the reality of it. I'm not going to tell people to fucking willingly willy nilly do it. You got to also adhere to the laws of the land. This is unfortunately yeah. To I mean, but the, that's also true if you buy anything with Lightning. Then correct, you're spending Bitcoin. Yeah, correct. um, yeah. Yeah, I'm not gonna get. Yeah, it, it's true. It's, it's taxable, but like, um, 
that seems like a pretty easy technical uh, problem to solve, though. Like, especially if you're like um, bull, like you you just you just need good reporting, right? Um, so you can report it. Um, and I don't think you can be losing much because it'll even out with the Bitcoin ups and downs. Hopefully, who, who knows um, what the buy price was when you initially bought that Bitcoin and now transfer it over to because it, you could have bought it years ago. That's why I'm here. My face is is here. And it's in public. I I don't want to tell people go do it, and there's going to be no consequences. There potentially is. Just make sure you adhere to whatever laws there are. Because if you don't, yeah, it's going to get fucked. That's fair. But if you're doing KYC, I'm sure like that when whoever like I'm sure Bull can give you a report of uh of when you bought it. But um, I'll tell you with what I disagree with you on um with regards to liquid is. Yeah, I wouldn't tell anybody to put their all their life savings in liquid and keep it there forever. But yeah, it's not perfect. But like other than the tax issue, what's wrong with keeping um couple hundred, couple thousand, whatever, just keeping some in there um and then transferring it out to Bitcoin every month? I, I wouldn't trust wrapped Bitcoin. I wouldn't trust anything else that's not Bitcoin. If it isn't Bitcoin, if I don't have the ability to manage it and control the keys, close the channel if it was lightning. Yeah, I'm. I'm not for it. I, I want to have total control of it. So you're you're just willing to take zero risk on that, I guess. I want to minimize my risk. What about two hundred dollars on a um, custodial lightning wallet? I'm not a fan of it. Uh, anything that's custodial, you're having somebody else manage it, and you're trusting them. My opinion. This is just mine. Everybody's different. I'm not a fan of it. I, I want to have total control over it. And the reason why I used to one time be a gold bug. Mm-hmm. And there, you know, I, I used to think that there was merit in holding it and so forth. But two events took place in the past few years that really changed my mind. And this has also cha- changed me into who I am today. Venezuela had gold, still has gold in vaults in London that they cannot repatriate due to political reasons. Ditto for Russia. That is yeah. the goal that they purchased. Yeah, it makes sense. They, I mean, they had it. We all agree on this. Like, yes, keep your life savings in, in Bitcoin, but like, uh, it's, you're making a, a calculation when you, when you're using uh, custodial lightning or, um, uh, liquid, uh, the custodial lightning is like, you you put a put a a dollar value on the risk you're taking on that two hundred dollars, right? That's gonna, probably going to be less than what you're paying for to rent the damn channel, right? That's fair. Same with liquid. Put a do- dollar value on uh, the risk you're taking, keeping a thousand, two thousand dollars in a month. Um, if that dollar value is less than uh, the fees you're going to be paying, mathematically, I feel like it makes sense. And like, but again, like nobody's saying keep all your money in liquid or custodial lightning, right? Like, yeah, agreed. we all like we're Bitcoiners for a reason. Like, yes, we want our, our store value to be hundred percent secure, not your keys, not your coin, all that. But um, yeah, I, I'm with you. And you, you have to obviously weigh the, the pros and cons and the team match you're going to put in it. And you're hundred percent right. My approach may not yeah. be the right one for everybody. That's just, it's more of a matter of principles. And this is what I'm going to stand the hill I'm gonna die on. I guess. Uh, yeah, I like I understand you're saying like I don't I just don't get it. And like yeah, as someone was saying in the in the chat, like the incentives don't make sense. Like what are you gonna like rug two hundred dollars from like a thousand people and now your business is dead? Uh you know, liquid you're gonna get rugged in your entire business. Like incentives don't make sense. Um I don't I don't understand your um principles argument. Like we all agree prince in principle, not your keys, not your coin, like yeah, keep your shit safe. But like, I don't know. With that, then you're gonna be saying no to a lot of scaling, a lot of layer twos. You know, um, I am because people will say using a paper copied of Bitcoin is scaling. Because you know, at one time they used paper to scale out gold. That and ultimately that led to fiat. Yeah. But yeah, the way that they were able to scale out gold was to issue notes that were backed by gold, and so. One could make an argument. One way to scale up Bitcoin would be to issue paper Bitcoin in that same yeah. sense. Yeah, I definitely don't agree with that. Um, but again, different use cases, right? Like, um, 
No, I I think if Bitcoin doesn't give a way for most people to custody their Bitcoin in a trustless way, right? It's very liable to turn into maybe not the exact same system, but a similar system. So we agree there. Like I don't think ETF is a good um is a good scaling solution, but you know, it gets it might be a good NGU solution just because it gets it gets people into the market. It gets it's like the first rabbit hole. It could be the rabbit hole for Bitcoin for a lot of people, and then they can actually, um, yeah. But do I think it's a good long term scaling solution? No. Like I hope that's not. I hope that's not the fate of Bitcoin because that wouldn't be great. <laughs> I I have real concerns that there's going to be some convertibility from people buying those ETFs to actually becoming Bitcoiners. I think they're still going to stay within the fiat world. Until something happens, there has to be an event that forces them to change their mentality. They're going to stay in this world, continually buy ETFs, and then live in that fiat world. There's got to be some. You might event. be right. You might be right. But um, have you noticed how when people become Bitcoiners, they care about their health more? They start eating carnivore. You know, they don't wear sunscreen. I guess the, the and the old saying is uh, Bitcoin change. You don't change Bitcoin. Bitcoin changes you. So maybe, maybe being in Bitcoin, they will go down that rabbit hole and they'll figure out, hey, am I really in Bitcoin or am I in a paper paper version? And maybe that's no, it. I, I agree. I hope you're right. I just have low, low opinion. And if they don't, if they don't, they'll get rugged. They'll get accelerated, that's, and then they yes, will, right accelerate so. exactly. That. <laughs> exactly. The first time we are now we're in. Do you have time for one more topic, or do you have to get running? Uh, no, I'm good. We can keep talking. I'll let you. Let's talk UTXO size because I, I know this is a topic that we had in our discussion not too long ago. Yeah. And there was some questions to do with limitations or limits on UTXOs. And I, I from what I understand, this is something that Adam Back talked about. And I think people just mistook what he said. That's yeah, what I, yeah. I believe. Yeah. I think I mistook it too and then looked into it. Basically, I heard someone say, on a podcast or somewhere that um, there's a limit on UTXOs, which I took to understand to mean that there's a limit on UTXO outside the limit of the block size. And I don't think that's true. I, I, I think what he meant or whoever said it was um, there's the size of the UTXOs is governed by the size of the block, basically. Um, yeah. Like the overall UTXO limit. But I think what you're also talking about is that I forget which one, like stamps protocol or whatever is bloating the UTXO set. And uh, that's causing some troubles for lower powered nodes. Um, but to me, I was, I was looking into it. That seems like a technical problem that if Bitcoin core had the will to fix, they could like there it's um, yeah, it's just, it's, they haven't basically the um, getting into the weeds, but right now they, they cat they take the entire uh, UTXO set and they not the entire like a big portion of it and they put it in uh, in RAM and uh, to make things simple if they run out of space they'll flush the flush the entire thing and then start building it again right um, and I think they've done it like that because the it hasn't been a problem but there's no reason that they can't uh, you know instead of flushing the whole thing do like a a queue where basically the last one that was used gets flushed new one gets added like technically like I, I don't think that's that as much of a s issue as is stated by some people in my camp of hating inscriptions <laughs> do you think that they're trying to appease the lower like the lowest common denominator in terms of equipment like uh horsepower cpu power ram do you think that's why they're doing this and they're they're leaving it as it is um Lee, sorry leaving as without, is. without making any any changes to the code to deal with the utxos as you say it's a there could be better ways to manage it rather than just simply oh why it. have the well why yeah. oh I, I just think like um like program like when you're programming and like when you're coding it up the way they're doing it is simpler than these more complex mm -hmm. ways of handling the cash um and they haven't had to they they've had no reason to not just do it the simple way so um if yeah, if if somebody wanted to, I'm sure they they could. Like, I'm not saying it's easier. Like, uh, you know, everybody's volunteers, but like, it's to me, it's a technical problem, not like a consensus problem or um, whatever problem. Let's get you to to get all riled up against the core developers because I think there are 
there's been a number of times I've seen you say comments about the core developers that uh, you know you've been you know negative towards them. I, I want to hear your thoughts about them. What what do you think about the core developers and if they're essentially good for Bitcoin long term? Um, hmm. and be, yeah. be well, like, well, 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 I have no. Um, be on I'm hinge, not say, I'm, Yeah, I'm. <laughs> I'm not gonna say I hate all the core developers or whatever. <laughs> um, you know, I. I, I just don't like the arguments I've been seeing. And again, this is uh, coming from D a lot of times. They're, they belittle <laughs> the people that come from uh, a less of a technical background and come from a philosophical background to say why they don't like um, why they don't like uh, inscriptions. And they shut them down like, oh, you don't understand what's going on. Look me, I'm the developer. I get it. And I say you're wrong. Uh, I, I just don't like that. I think it, it's, it's a shitty argument. And you you don't need to know technically what's happening to decide if like you think this is more quote unquote morally right or wrong for Bitcoin. Right. So I don't like the, I don't like the arguments of like, who, like, who are you? You don't even know what you're talking about. Technically I'm, I'm a developer. Like you're an idiot. Like you're just a stupid maxi. Uh, look, f- filters aren't going to fix anything. Go read about this. Yeah. Piss me off. <laughs> I love it. So on that, I think we'll end it. Unless you have anything else you want to bring up, any other topic or any last words, I'm going to pass it over to you because um, you haven't been unhinged. And I <laughs> kind of like that. It's good for, you know, in terms of YouTube. But if you want to go off the rails, like, you know, last words, it's all yours, brother. No, go ahead. I, I can't be unhinged on command. Uh, <laughs> a little bit of wine. Hold on. Let me bring D from the – yeah. I got him in the background here. I'll bring him on and you guys can talk about <laughs> Yeah, I'm honestly, if D came on here and made his damn stupid arguments, then I'd probably be unhinged. <laughs> but you know, you're you're a very uh, very respectable guy, and we mostly agree. Like, again, what am I going to start yelling at you because I agree with you? No, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> Look, we're being asked when we're going to be doing a Corn Lords episode, <laughs> just like a round table. Yeah, that, see that. Well, let's do that. You know, let's get some drinks involved, and then uh, you'll see a lot of unhinged people. <laughs> Yeah, it won't be on YouTube. It will it won't be able to last that long. Yes. So with that, like Praveen, I want to thank you very much for coming on a show. Short notice, you've been awesome. Um, before I hand it off to you, just want to, to just say to everybody, uh, check out D. I uh, sorry, check out Praveen and D as well. <laughs> Praveen, Praveen's uh, Twitter account, I put it in his show notes. If you want to follow it, definitely give it a follow because he gives a lot of good insight. But Praveen, where can people find you? And uh, last words before we go, get away from this thing. Um, yeah, just Twitter. Um, I'm not. I have a website, but it's like blog posts. I haven't really done much. Uh, I'm not really online except for Twitter. Last words. Uh, stop spamming the damn Bitcoin network, man. <laughs> okay, right. Bitcoin is money. It doesn't need to be anything else. Like, just fix the damn money. Fix the world. <laughs> I can't wait for programming with Praveen. That's going to be a YouTube show that's going to come out. Everybody, Praveen Pereira. Thank you very much, Praveen, for coming on out. And with that, we'll be back at this on Monday. So take care and don't be a cuck. (laughs) Later.